Hello and welcome back to episode four of the Punting.Fantasy podcast. My name is Sam. I'm joined once again by my co-hosts, Tom and Mitch. Gentlemen, week four, how are we doing? Doing very well. I'm glad to be back. Uh, plenty happened this week in the uh, in the world of the NBA and uh, plenty happening in the fantasy world. So it's good to be back with you blokes discussing another, another week of basketball and other things. I'm going well, Beto. Uh, another week for the Mole Rats, um, up to 6-0 and now, travelling really well. But um, I've, I've got a question for you, blokes. Just off the top of your dome, you could have been in the arena or anything for any sporting event all time. Where are you picking? Peter Siddle's got a hat-trick on his birthday. Not bad. Beto? Jeez, that's tough. Uh, can I say Tiger Woods chip in off the green on the 16th of Augusta? Nice. Not bad. Right, I'll let you get on with the rest of the show, Wedo. It's a great question, Mitch. What about yourself? Uh, I didn't expect the question to be flipped on to me. Um, <laughs> I would go, you know what, I'll, I'll join you, Wet, except I'll go Adam Scott, playoff hole. It was a playoff hole, right? Yeah. 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 That's right. I think I'd go. even that even that putt that he made on eighteen to, to go into the playoff would have been uh, would have been a pretty good place to be as well. Yeah. Ah, beautiful. Well, on with the show. Today we've got again three segments. We're gonna discuss NBA. Uh, within that we're gonna let Tom and Mitch discuss their all star, um, all star, all star draft or all star teams of what they what their predicting is going to go on. Um, we're going to roll into a little bit of the anti vaxxer chat. Uh, plenty going on in the world of that. Any sport, any time. There's uh, there's always stuff going on with that. And finally, again, a bit of a weekly review on my selections and a couple of the other boys' selections last week before going into my preview for this Saturday. Quarter season mark. We're, I'm going to throw it over straight to uh, Tom and Mitch to, to go that go through and break down their their starting five. We'll uh, we'll go two for two. So start with two guards, two forwards, and then rolling into your centre for your starting five. So gentlemen, I'll throw it over to you. Just want to make it clear, we're not predicting all star teams. We're picking our teams purely based off the first few weeks of the NBA season. My kick Beautiful. is off. We'll go nuts. Yep. Yeah. Right. Over. So. Um, Eastern Conference starting guards, I think at this point, uh, pretty pretty unanimous. I've gone with uh, with Trey Young and James Harden. Yeah, same here. I think yeah, Hawks off to a relatively good start. Um, Trey's really picked it up, especially in the last couple of weeks. He's been really good, and Harden um, starting to get things going now. But you know, the Nets are fifteen and six, and and uh, Harden has been uh, a big part of that, even if it's only been sort of seventy five to eighty percent of his. Of his best work so far this year. Yeah, I think that's the thing with Harden. I think a lot was made out of his form slump and how he was slow out of the gates. But at the end of the day, he's definitely an all-star talent and their team's 15-6, and six, so you can't really go past him. Yeah, um, on to the forwards. Again, I think this is probably the most unanimous two of the whole lot. Giannis <laughs> um, Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant, I think um, they've probably been two of the three best players in basketball so far this year. Um, they're definitely in the top five. Um, so, yeah, Giannis has obviously been huge. Um, the Bucks are, are rolling along. Um, I think they're at 14 and 7 now, 14 and 8 they are now. Um, Drew's obviously missed time. Chris Middleton's obviously missed time. Uh, we just heard this morning that Lopez has had back surgery and he's going to be at the foreseeable future, hasn't played since opening night. Um, so Giannis has been huge in keeping them going. And same deal with KD. We mentioned the Nets are 15 and 6. Um, he looks healthy. He looks like MVP Kevin Durant. Um, he's been really, really good um, and, you know, has picked up the slack at times for Harden when he has, has struggled. So, yeah, I think they're, they're pretty, pretty unanimous picks, those two. Yeah, I really don't have anything to add on to that because that's just, that's just easy. Um, so on to centre in the east. This was actually pretty difficult. Um, I suppose looking through the options here, you kind of... There's realize, no one. You kind of realise how much some guys have struggled. Um, so in the end, I have gone with Joel Embiid. Um, I just think, obviously, he missed a bit of time. He's missed a bit of time um, with injury and stuff like that. 
four assists, and then a steal and a block. Um, they're eight and four with him this year, three and seven without. They're obviously at five hundred at the moment. They're outside of the uh, outside of the top eight in the East. Um, and he has struggled. He's shooting in the forty in the forties um, from the field. You know, not kind of the Embiid we've seen or have become accustomed to seeing. But I think the on-off numbers are big. They've been a really good team uh, with him. They were obviously top of the East before he got um, just had COVID. Um, so yeah. Bit slim on pickings here, but um, I have gone with Embiid. I, I am backing him, um, obviously, as the season goes on to pick things up, and I think he's done enough so far to, to get that spot. Um, yeah, a little spoiler. Embiid is on my roster, but he's not starting. I've gone with Bam. I'm just going off the fact that, well, if we look at a quarter season, you just said they're 3-7 and seven without Embiid, which means he's missed 10 games, which is half yeah. of the quarter. Yeah. So, um I'm just going to go with Bam. Obviously, I would rather have Embiid on my team, but just off the pure fact that Bam has played, well, just about every game. He's obviously just had surgery on his thumb, so he's out for six mm-hmm. weeks. So I doubt he makes the actual all-star team, but I'm just putting him in because I mean, obviously the Heat are, have been a pretty dominant team as well so far. So yeah, that's why I've gone with that. No arguments from me there. Anything, anything to add, Wet? I think you summed it up pretty well. I uh, when I was having to look through, I was trying to pluck a centre for for the Eastern Conference as well, and uh, genuinely struggled. I thought, Mitch, I thought you might have lent to your boy Mobes and given him a run to start in the <laughs> Jesus All-Star. Christ. Well, he missed some time as well, but he uh, no, nah, he's good. He's just not quite there yet. No, I know <laughs> he's your fan favourite, so I do uh, love him. Should we go? Should we go to the bench guards, Brainy? Yeah. Yeah, so for um, for myself, I've gone with Zach Levine and Lamelo Ball off the bench in the East. Um, obviously, Melo has started really well. He's currently the best player on the uh, on the dollar store um, in the punting fantasy league. Um, but yeah, obviously he started really well. He had some big games. Um, I think he just paced their season really well. They obviously started well and they went on a bit of a skid. I think they lost five or six in a row. Um, but he's been he's been really solid throughout. Um, the field goal percentage. Has, is low. I think he's just just ticked above forty, um, and he's he's tended to be pretty hot and cold. But I think what what makes him so special is the fact that he can he he really can control and impact the game without shooting the ball well. Um, in what we've seen guys like Westbrook do, he likes to, to get the ball under the bucket and really push the pace. Um, obviously has great vision and has been really good for them this year. Um, and they're above five hundred for the first time in a while, um, which I think is also a bit of a factor there. Obviously, Levine, we've, we've talked a fair bit about the Bulls in the last few weeks. Levine's been great, um, top 10 in scoring. We'll get to a, uh, a teammate of his pretty shortly, I think, as well. Um, but, yeah, they've been really good. Levine has not really missed much time besides the odd, odd uh, illness, um, and he's obviously dealing with that thumb problem, but, yeah, hasn't stopped him. 25 points a game, um, four assists, five boards. They're 14 and eight. They've looked really, really uh, good, much improved um, from last year, and I think he has earned that. That recognition as being, you know, one of those all-star caliber guys year in, year out, I think. So he's at that level now. Um, yeah, I've got the exact same. Um, I would say one thing. I know we aren't predicting, but I would not be surprised because obviously Trey deserved to be an all-star last year but just didn't get in. Um, but they also they got off to a bad start. So it looked a lot worse by the end of the season. But I wouldn't be surprised if Lamelo gets a little fan vote into a starter spot just because of – even just the amount of media coverage and House of Highlights and, you know, all that shit that he gets. Like, he – I wouldn't be surprised if he nudges one of those other guys off just out of pure popular popular. Oh, you know what I'm saying. Well, speaking of House <laughs> of Highlights, it's pretty funny. Obviously, yesterday, LaMelo had a, had a career high 36, hit eight triples against the Bucks, um, and Giannis went off for 40 and, and hit the game-winning layup. On House of Highlights, as you scrolled across, the, uh, the first highlight was Lamelo's game tying three with with five seconds left. The second highlight in that was actually was actually the uh, the game winning layup from from Giannis. So and, and the guy who dropped forty. Yeah, yeah. yeah so no, I, I can see that as well. Um, yeah. Onto the forwards. Um, I think I've got yeah. As, as I mentioned when I was talking about Levine, Demar Derozan is there for me, and I've got uh, Jimmy Butler also. Um, don't really have to add much for Derozan. Um, I would I would argue that this is probably his best season in the NBA so far. This looks like, um, you know, obviously he was always good in, in San Antonio, but you sort of hidden away there, and they they were a fringe playoff team, so the coverage isn't really there. Um, but this looks like DeRozan from sort of five six years ago when he was 
really coming on strong um, with the Raptors. Really, really just lethal in the mid-range. Has been a, has been a closer for them um, in tight games. Um, 26 points a game, which I haven't actually looked at, at that compared to his career numbers, but that will be up there with one of his best scoring seasons in the league. I'm pretty confident of that. Um, and, yeah, he's just having a really good year and I think has deserved has, has earned that spot. And then Jimmy Butler obviously has missed a bit of time um, now with, with little niggles, uh, ankle niggles, and um, I think he's got a tailbone problem at the moment. But the Heat are, heat are playing well. Um, they're 13-9. and nine. The defence has been really good. He's averaging two steals a game, 23 points, six boards, five assists. Um, he's he's been the Jimmy Butler that we've we've sort of become accustomed to seeing. So yeah, I think he's also has done done more than enough to, to earn that spot. Yeah, in that um, I heard an interesting interesting stat on DeRozan the other day. Sorry to the listeners for my inability to speak English. Um, <laughs> De, Demar DeRozan in those years he was in the Spurs um, in isolation possessions. He was the second most efficient scorer in the entire NBA for those three or four seasons, however long he was in. Or was it two or three? Two or three seasons. Um, and obviously that's behind James Harden, who we all know is probably the single most efficient isolation scorer of all time. But, yeah, that just shows that – and that's something that Zach Levine, I'm sure, is really cherishing, having that other guy who he can actually – throw the ball to and trust that another guy can get that basket on his team where he's, he, he hasn't had that and he's yeah. had to be that guy. And when you have to do that 82 games in a season, that's why the Bulls have just been, they've just been terrible over the last couple of years because you can't rely on one guy to do it. And I'm sure Levine is loving having his all-star partner right next to him. And yeah, Jimmy Butler was my other one. Um, that's a no-brainer. It's probably stiff that he's in the Eastern Conference because he probably starts in the other conference. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. On to the centre spot off the bench. Um, I've actually gone – I think we've gone the old reverse here. I've gone with Bam um, yeah. off the bench. Um, obviously, as, as we touched on, as Mitch touched on, he's going to be out for a little while now, but, yeah, has done enough. Um, has, has had to play through little knee problems and things like that. But has been good, 19 points a game, 10 boards. Um, in a bit of a weird shot-blocking funk at the moment. Hasn't blocked a shot in like eight games or nine games now. <laughs> um, but has had a few big games with big steals and is obviously in the middle of a very good heat defence. Um, they've been good, they've earned. And they're right to have two All-Stars. And I think, yeah, Bam has been, has been great up to this point in the year. Yeah, I'm happy for your explanation on Embiid to be all the explanation I need for having Embiid on the bench. Um, like you said earlier, the only reason I've got him on the bench is just the fact that he's missed the 10 games. He's obviously by far the best centre in the East, but yeah. Um, I don't know if you've had a look. I went through, I've, I've got a few blokes who are on the fringe who obviously in this roster we've got here, we've come up with um, with obviously the guards, the forwards, um, the centre. We're about to go through a wild card for each each conference. I've gone with Bradley Beal. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've had a few interesting listens on Bradley Beal this week to a few podcasts and whatnot. Um, obviously, the Wizards have been much better. They're, they're 14 and 8, and they're third in the East at the moment. Beal's numbers are well down on last year, 23 points a game compared to obviously 31 last year. We all know he's, he's battling out with Steph for the scoring title um, for the majority of the second half of the season. But he's shooting um, more long mid-range shots than he ever has in his entire career. His field goal percentage at the rim is down and his number of shots he's taking at the rim is also down. Um, so I'm not too sure what's going on with him in terms of the way he's playing. We know he obviously dealt with that hip injury at the end of last season and the start of this season. But yeah, the numbers are down. Um, the field goal percentage is down and it hasn't looked uh, sort of like improving. But I think with the way the Wizards have been playing, um, they for sure deserve to have an all-star player and Beal is that all-star caliber guy as much as he has has struggled this season compared to what we've sort of seen from him in the last few years. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's the beneficiary of his team obviously doing really well and he's also a beneficiary of the fact he's in the Eastern Conference where you've probably, your top-end talent in the East is really good and then there is that sizable drop-off. Like, I think the standouts are, you know, your Durant, Giannis, Harden, Butler, maybe. Yeah. And, oh, and Embiid. And then you drop off to that Trey Levine level. 
So I think, and Beal's probably in that next tier. So I think, yeah, he, like yeah, like you said, he's only in my team because the Wizards are doing so well. So they need an All Star, and you're not going to pick anyone else on that roster. Yeah, um, like I was getting at before. Obviously, this this roster we've picked, we've got the two guards, two forwards, um, two centers. Obviously, sorry, yes, two centers starting on the bench, um, and the wild card. That's obviously a little smaller than than your regular All Star roster. So a few guys that are tight. Close did you go? Sorry, Tom. Before you go any further, did you pick one wild card or two? I only had one wild card, but I have got five. Oh, sorry, I've got five guys that um that were on the fringe that I have come up with like that were in consideration oh. for me. I've picked two wild cards for each conference, so I'll, my <laughs> other wild card, I'll put in my other wild card before you name your guys. Um, I don't, I don't like this, but I've gone Tatum. Yeah. Um, it was look to be honest, I was having a look up and down the standings, and. A lot of the other guys that I wanted to put in had the same record as the Celtics, and Tatum's just better than him. Like, that was my – like, he's averaging 24 and 9, and he's, like, shooting terribly this season. Yeah, well, I think you could argue that he's been underwhelming. He's been, he's been in the build category, I think, as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but even still, like, the guys who I wanted to put in with a similar record just aren't as good as him. So I had to put him in. And before you go, I, I put in an injury replacement. I only put him in because I really wanted to talk about him. Is um, Darius Garland, yeah, and that's because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they've got the same record. Garland was the guy I wanted to put in, but the Celtics and the Cavs have the same record at the moment at twelve and ten. Um, and look, as much as I really like Darius Garland, and I'm on the Cavs because my boy Mobes. Um, Garland's just not as good as Tatum. So yeah. I think I... the Mobley point is interesting because obviously he missed the four games with the elbow sprain, and obviously you can't have like you can't have a rookie starting the All Star game, and it's it's almost unheard of for rookies to make the All Star team. Um, yeah, with 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 Mobley out of the lineup, they were zero and four. With him in the lineup, twelve and six. Um, so I do think Garland possibly there is a bit of buzz for him, and I think he's he's might be a beneficiary of how good Mobley has been and how, how they've made the, the three big lineup work. Um, but, yeah, as I mentioned, I've got a few on the fringe that that might make the actual extended roster. Um, so Tatum obviously is there. He's got room to improve, as we discussed. Garland. Um, and then a few other guys who underwhelmed, I think, so far this year in, um, in Julius Randle and DeMarta Sabonis. Um, as we mentioned, the East, the depth in the East with regards to bigs is a bit thin at the moment. And with Bam going down, you can obviously, you can rule him out of making the actual all-star team. Um, so there's a spot up there for grabs for, for Sabonis or, or Randall, I think, if they want to um, sort of stick their hand up and improve their play. Randall is suffering from some seriously poor shooting um, nights. He's really struggled to put the ball in the bucket. And I think the, just the difficulty of the shots that he takes is sort of coming back to, to haunt him a bit. And obviously, Sabonis hasn't been terrible, but the paces have been. Um, they've really struggled so far this year. I think they're 8-15 and 15 now. Um, but Sabonis is, is doing what he does. I think he's at 19, 19 12, and, and four or five assists. Um, so he's he's putting up counting stats, um, which may not be enough in the end, given the record and whatnot, but got him in there. And then the other one I had um, was Kyle Lowry. I think would be would have to do a bit to get in there. Um, but, again, the Heat will likely will continue to play well, even with Bam out. They've got a bit of depth, um, and I think – they may be in a position to, to warrant two All-Stars, so I think he gets a bit of consideration in the end as well. So that was who I had there. Anything to add from you, Wet? Oh, I reckon Kyle Lowry's yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure about that, but uh, you're the expert, so happy to uh, happy to back you to the cows come on. I will actually say one thing. Um, you were saying that Julius Randle has suffered from taking really poor shots. I think he's more suffered from just being grossly overrated last season um <laughs> I, don't, I just don't i'm just not a believer in julius Randle. i think that's fair and, enough yeah yeah and apparently like from what i've heard a lot of the because obviously he is what's this his ninth year in the league or something and yeah that yeah yeah and for his first seven years he was shit and all of a sudden he had this eighth this eighth year massive just unreal season and it was a good season like you got the Knicks to the fourth seed clearly their best player um and then they and then he's just gone back in he's just fallen back into these poor habits that he was 
I think it's not like the poor habits as such. I think this was the kind of – this Randall we've seen so far this year was the kind of Randall we saw when he was playing for the Pelicans. Like, he was putting up decent counting stats, but on terrible percentages. I think he just has his – he's got the ball in his hands more with the Knicks. Obviously, he was, he was huge last year. Um, but I think the numbers still look a bit better, just given the fact that he's taking more shots than he than he has in every other year of his career by last season. Um, given And that's based off what he did last year. Obviously, he shot the ball a lot better last year. So, yeah, I, can't, I don't know how far your team can go with him as the best guy on there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if you look at his shot diet, <laughs> it's not very um, sort of sustainable. He takes a lot of long twos. Um, doesn't spend a lot of time at the rim for a, for a big, strong guy. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all there, Mitch, I think. So... Is shot diet? Is that a thing? Yeah. Where you get your shots from? Where okay. you get your shots? So, yeah. yeah. I'd never heard that either, Wet. But we'll move on. Should we move on to the West? I think we're running, we're taking up a fair bit of time here, but we've. I'll go first in the West. Or should we yep. swap it? We'll swap it up. Uh, righto. So, my West Guard, Steph, no brainer, Luca. I hate it. I don't like Luca. Um, Got to be honest. I. It's weird because James Harden's one of my favourite players and Luca plays the exact same way, but I hate Luca's guts. Um, uh, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I don't like it, but I've got him in there. Um, the Mavs, uh, their record is a lot better than they are, but um, at, this, at, this, yeah, at this stage, you've got to put him in, I think. Um, we actually disagree there. I've gone with Steph. Obviously, that's a no-brainer. I've got Jar. Um, just based off of what's happened in the in the year so far, given the three weeks Jar had before he went down, he was phenomenal. Um, Memphis obviously struggled a little bit since he's gone down, um, and they're going to continue to struggle. Who knows how long he's going to be out? Um, it's weeks at this point, but yeah, with the Grizzlies, who knows? But yeah, obviously he's not going to be a sniff of making a real All Star team. He's going to miss too many games, but he was um he was huge for the for the for the games he did play. So yeah, I've gone with Jar. Um, and Luca will feature later on for me, but yeah, obviously Steph's a no-brainer. It doesn't doesn't need anything added to the hat. So I think Jar's got a lot more around him. Luca, it's Luca and the Goobers at Dallas. Like, I think the biggest Goober on that Dallas team doesn't play on the on the team. He stands on the sidelines. Um, yeah, Jack- but I think you can't hold that against Luca. I mean, as I said, he'll feature. He's the first guy off my bench, um, but he's another one who's struggling from from the floor. The percentages are letting him down a bit. And I, as you mentioned, I think the Mavs have massively overperformed, just given off the strength of schedule that they've faced. They're eleven and nine. Um, they are not, they're not a top six team in the in the West, which is where they currently sit. So, um, yeah, that was sort of my reasoning for for leaving Luca out. Um, and obviously, as I mentioned, given given the way Jar played before he went down. Yeah, I, like yeah, it's fair enough. But I think Jar, like I just think Luca is way better than Jar. But we'll move on. I don't disagree for sure. Yeah, he's definitely a better player. Yeah. Move on to the forwards. Um, I think we agreed on this one. We did, that, we did talk before we jumped on, but um, Paul George and Anthony Davis. Obviously, Davis is always a tough one. Is he a forward? Is he a centre? But um, for the purposes of this exercise, we've gone with him as a forward. Um, Paul George has been killing it this year. Um, the Clippers are a bit up and down as a team, but the record is around 500, I think, without looking. 11 and 11, yep. Ah, there you go. 500 on the dot uh and he's like yeah when you look at the talent in the in the west he he's probably been one of the better number one guys in the west this year and i think the fact that he doesn't have much help there like second best player is probably reggie jackson maybe yeah which yeah which for a 500 team in the west just shows how good of a job paul george is doing as the number one so um and then i've got davis there as well um his numbers are up his uh his effectiveness towards winning this year, I would say, is down. Um, but that's probably due to the fact that they're just not winning as much because they're not as good as they're not as good as like for a team that gets talked about as much as the Lakers, they're shit. Like, can I understand? Obviously, any team with LeBron, Russ, and AD is going to get talked about a lot. But if it was any other team, they wouldn't even be getting talked about or mentioned as a contender. Um, but Look, you've got to have him in there, especially with 
the guys I've got on my bench as the forwards are not as dominant as Davis. So I've, yeah, I hate it, but he's in there. Yeah, I think the Davis one's interesting. Like I don't, I don't hate it at all. Obviously, his numbers were down last year. He was twenty-one and nine last year. He's up to twenty-four and ten this year, um, with one point three steals and two point three blocks a game. He's copped a fair bit of flack, being given that he's been the most constant of the the Lakers, um, you know, best players. Obviously, LeBron's missed a fair chunk of time, and Westbrook is just Westbrook does what he does. Um, yeah, I think he's copped a bit of sort of unfair criticism. For the record, um, obviously we've seen this year he's as a percentage of his total shots, he's taking the highest percentage outside the paint than he, than he ever has. Um, I think he's kind of been scapegoated a little bit um, for the Lakers roster construction. You know, he's he's taking the shots that he's taking because he's playing with Russell Westbrook um, and LeBron James for that matter. I think, yeah, I. I sort of wonder how much Vogel, similar to Kidd, how much Vogel's offensive scheme has got to do with the way the Lakers are playing. I think, yeah, I would be having Davis spending more time at the rim than Russell Westbrook, um, but that's just me. So I think he's been unfairly scapegoated a little bit. I think he's having a pretty good bounce back year. Um, he's, he's played through a lot of niggles. Um, and I think on the defensive end especially, he's been an absolute menace. Um, and I think... Yeah, he's sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Any team with with Russ, LeBron, and AD, um, he's going to struggle to to sort of dish the shots out um, at, the, at the bucket. We've obviously seen AD shooting 15% in three this year, which is the worst all-time of anyone with the amount of attempts that he's taken per game. I think it's plus more than one a game. So um, I think he's been a little bit unfairly scapegoated. I think he's having a pretty good season. Um, and, yeah, nothing to add to PG. He's been, he's been really good. Struggled a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but... Doing a good job uh, in a in a Western Conference that's it's always tough to to win games in. So the uh, the part about Davis being scapegoated that I'd like to push back on Tom is that he he's a he's a fucking center. He every team he's played on has been you know way better when he's played at center rather than power forward. But he doesn't want to roll up his sleeves and actually do the hard work. He, he doesn't like, and he's come out publicly and said, and it does have something to do with the fact that his body is made out of glass. But he doesn't want to be on the, he doesn't want to be on the low post, getting posted up, getting knocked around. And he needs to, like, I think he needs to be the one to sacrifice. As they always say that in super teams and big threes, that there's always one guy who sacrifices. And I think he's the one who needs to roll up the sleeves and do it. The other thing with Anthony Davis that frustrates me is, for a player of his caliber, and like, don't get me wrong, he's a gun, but he has never proven himself to be like his Pelicans teams were shit. When the Bron was out before Russ came over, when the Bron was out, the Lakers were shit. Like he's never proven himself to be a, a number one option on a team that's going to do something. Yeah, that's fair enough. But I, yeah, as I said, I just do. I think that. Um, with the way their team is constructed and with the way we've seen LeBron miss time, I think his health through the regular season is going to be more important than perhaps it may have been. Like, they need him out there. If he goes down, you've got a Russell Westbrook and Malik Monk and Dwight Howard and, you know, the rest of those blokes. The roster sucks. Like, I think he's more important. His health is more important now than it ever has been for that Lakers team. So I, I can understand. As I, They're obviously much better with him at centre, but I can understand, you know, sort of reducing his touches on the block and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I see I see what you mean. Um, and, I, yeah, I do agree to an extent, but I, I think it's tough. They're in a, they're in a tough spot. Um, I just think at the moment they're playing Westbrook basketball and if you're playing Davis basketball, um, because Davis is far and away a better NBA player than, than Russell Westbrook. Yeah. But they want to get it sorted quickly because they're going to they're gonna get into a position where they're going to have to beat yeah, it's the getting- Suns. The Suns and the Warriors just to get into the finals, where they'll probably need to beat the Nets or the Bucks. Yeah, it's getting tough. Which that's not gonna that's not gonna work. But we'll move on from Davis. Um, starting center, Jokic. Yeah, and that doesn't so, need much. Doesn't need much explanation. Yeah, no brainer. Um, we'll go. We'll go on to the guards on the bench. I've actually left um, Jar off. Now that was probably just the only re- like if he was fit, he probably gets in. Yeah, I thought about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got my two guards on the bench are the Suns boys, both of them. 
Oh, yeah. They're, they're just good enough to have two. So, yeah, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, um, they're the best team. I think, like, the records, they've got the same record as the Warriors now, and they completely bitch-slapped the Warriors the other night. Lock Steph up, and they did it without Booker in that second half, and Chris Paul just completely took over down the stretch. So, And he does that. Like, Chris Paul won't put up you know, these amazing numbers. But he does nothing for the first three quarters in terms of scoring the ball, and then he just orchestrates. Like, I, in, in those 18 wins, I bet Chris Paul's probably led that team in scoring in, you know, at least 11 of those fourth quarters where they've gotten the win. Like, he just he just takes over, and he's really underrated. Um, so, yeah, I've just gone the Suns boys. They deserve two All-Stars because of how good their team is. Yeah. Um, obviously picking up P back off the starters where I didn't have Luca as I mentioned. I've obviously got him on the bench there. Um, we've talked about him. Um, for the second guard slot, I've gone with Chris Paul um, for a lot of the reasons Mitch just mentioned. Obviously, they they did a number on the Warriors in that second half the other day without Booker on the floor. Um, and I just think Chris Paul is still one of the most impactful players in basketball, um, as Mitch touched on, like just the way he can take over a game, gets to his spots, you know, I feel like I've never seen him miss that little runner from like the elbow block kind of area. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen him miss that shot in the fourth quarter. Um, he just gets in there, so effective in the pick and roll. Um, and I think another area he's been seriously underrated this year is on the defensive end. Um, he's up, back up to 2.1 steals a game this year. His advanced defensive numbers are great. Um, and obviously Phoenix have been huge on the defensive end. They've really mastered that ability um, to grind out games on the defensive end, which is the hallmark of a, of a championship contending team. Um, you know, we see a lot of a lot of young teams, which which Phoenix might have been in that category sort of last year and, and the year before. Um, you know, when the shots don't drop, they can't grind out games on the defensive end. Um, and that's that's a real sort of hallmark of a team that that can be a, a serious contender. Um, and I think behind Chris Paul, they've really mastered that now. We've seen him do it numerous times. So um, I've, I've put Chris Paul in there. I think he's been really, really good uh, to start this season. When had Chris Paul been good for the uh, for Bowman's boys this year? He has. I just love if he could keep those steals up per game. That would uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. But um, he's uh, at the moment. Oh, just rolled in the second best player on the Bowman's boys and loving loving Who's the that? Tatum. Oh, of course, yeah. Loving loving the eleven or twelve assists a game. Lovely. Um, moving on to the forwards on the bench. Um, I've got Draymond. Because for the same purposes, he's the Warriors' second-best player and that team's good enough to have two. Obviously, we talked last week about how we think he'll probably win Defensive Player of the Year, so got to have him in. The second one, it really shits me that I have to do this, but I've got LeBron. I've literally just stopped talking about how we should stop talking about the Lakers as a contender, but I've got them for two All-Stars. Um, but it's LeBron at the end of the day. He's... So much better than anything else in the West. And I actually had a lot of trouble filling up the Fords in the West. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've gone LeBron. Honestly, Pazingas was in my was on my short list. And when it's between LeBron and Pazingas, you know who's gone in. So, yeah, that was he was just the best of the rest for me. Um, yeah, I've gone with LeBron. As much as we talk about the Lakers' struggles, they're 7-4 and four with him in the lineup. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, he's LeBron, so I've got him in there. I've actually cheated a bit here um, for my second forward. Um, he's actually not a forward at all, but according to NBA.com and NBA also ballots, he is a forward. Um, I've gone with Carl Anthony Towns. Hate it. This was tough. This was tough for me. I was tossing up between Cat um, and a few other blokes that we'll get to later. And obviously, um, as Mitch mentioned, Draymond Green, he was heavily in consideration for this spot. Um I just think the Wolves, they've been they've been much improved. Um, I think they're eighth on the defensive end, and I can't remember the last time a Minnesota team was inside the top 25 on defense. Um, and you know, I'm not saying Cat is the reason for that. Obviously, you know, coming out of college, people thought he would be could be the anchor of a of a top five defense in the NBA. And he's you know he's the offensive end where he had to grow, and he's obviously done the old switcheroo. Um, he's one of the best offensive centers we've ever seen, but is yeah, he's pretty awful on the defensive end. But he's got the defensive numbers up. He's, he's averaging over one steal and one block a game this year. Um, the Wolves are 11-11. and 11. You know, I still think they're a play-in team. I think they're 
getting into the playing tournament will be a good year for them this year. Um, but I think Cats been, has been pretty good. Um, I think the Wolves deserve to have an all-star. So, yeah, I have gone with with Carl Anthony Towns for that second forward spot. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the centre because we're running a bit over time here. But um, I've got Cat as my other centre. <laughs> I'm happy to piggyback off your explanation, Tom. Wolves are good. He's always been an immense talent. And he stayed on the floor this year, so he gets in. He got injured yesterday, so... Oh, did he? Yeah, he's tailbone. He's questionable, but for tomorrow. So I, I don't think we'll see him miss too much time. But, yeah, um, for my centre, I've gone with Rudy Gobert. Um, yeah. Mitch hates Rudy Gobert, so you won't see Rudy on any of Mitch's all-star ballots. Um, but, yeah, 15, 15, a steal and two blocks. The Jazz are doing Jazz things. They're, they're 14 and 7. They've been much improved over the last few weeks. Um, I think, yeah, the playoffs is a different story. We've we've seen that story run plenty of times over. Um, but I don't know how you can leave Gobert off, to be honest. I think um, in terms of the ability to anchor a defence, Guys don't get much better than, than Rudy Gobert. And he's been, I think, quietly, he's been better this year than he was last year or the year before. Um, so, yeah, I've gone with Rudy for my centre. Yeah. Oh, Rudy Gobert. I, I don't know how many times a guy has to prove that he's not as good as what he is in the regular season, yet we still talk about him. I get that his defence is good. He's a good help defender. When he's, get, when he's one-on-one, he gets fucking cooked. And he, that's been just for one. And I, I just like this is not you're not picking. I know, but I, yeah, I know, but I feel like, I feel like if any of us was seven foot one, we could probably fucking do what Rody Gobert, Rody, uh, whatever the fuck <laughs> is. <that> is. <laughs> <laughs> but but two what, boys, my my English is just out of whack this morning. I, I, I would rather have Jokic and Cat on my team than Rudy Gobert any day of the week. And I'm not cheating like you by putting Cat into a forward spot. Yeah, but Rudy all-Star teams isn't who would you rather have on your team. It's who's been the best player to this point in the season. And for me, Rudy Gobert is absolutely okay. not at this point in the season. Cat and Jokic have both been better than Gobert this season. I will say that. And I didn't cheat by putting Cat into my forward spot just so I could get him on. Yeah, well, in an actual All-Star roster, you'd have more slots. So you could you could fit them both in with your wild cards. We'll get to that in a second. But Okay, um, he can be an injury replacement in the West then. I'll give him that. <laughs> right, well, once you, you have to your wild card. <laughs> I've actually got his Jazz teammate as my first wild card. Yeah. Um, because he actually scores the basketball and shoots, and he actually proves on the biggest stage that he can do it. So I'm putting Donovan Mitchell in the team. Um, <laughs> my other wild card, you're going to laugh at me, especially after I just abused you for picking Rudy Gobert, which is a safe pick. Um, completely with my heart, member of Muggsy's Mole Rats, DeJounte Murray. Just oh. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty much just going off the fact he's, you know, his numbers are actually better than Lamelo's in pretty much all facets. Actually, um, obviously their team stinks. Six, yeah, six and thirteen, I think they are. Um, and but he's hit a, like he's hit a couple of game winners, and I don't know. I'm just caught up in the hype. I just love him. I actually think like for. When you consider the Lakers, right, with that Westbrook deal, someone like DeJounte is just hiding away in San Antonio, going about his business. And he he would provide so much more than Russell Westbrook on, like, a team such as the Lakers. Like, his defense is elite. It's always been elite since, the, like, the moment he came into the league. Like, as a rookie, he was turning heads with his defense. And he slowly developed his efficiency. Like, he's up to 45% from the field, which... Well, it's better than Westbrook, not but terrible. that's not that's not, not the terrible. line you want to be hitting. Yeah. Better than Westbrook. Um, yeah, look, Jar definitely been better than him, but it's just a completely. I just wanted to talk about him, so you can tell me your wild cards, Tom. Yeah, Deontay's not on my on my uh, also about. I don't disagree. Like, I, he's having a great year, and he's he's been much improved. I think he'll probably get a bit of most improved buzz um, if he keeps playing the way he's playing. Um, but for my wild cards. This was tough. Obviously, Draymond Green is in there with one. Um, for all the reasons we've mentioned about about you know him this year, he's been really good. For my second one, it was between Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, um, and I have gone with with Devin Booker. That was a pretty tough. That was really the hardest call I had to make. Um, 
for a lot of the reasons that we, we talked about the Suns before, you know, their 18 and three book has obviously been a huge part of that. Um, has really shown that takeover ability so far this year. And I think, um, you know, he's really dispelled any of those sort of good stats, bad team um, kind of connotations that he, he was carrying for so long there in Phoenix. So I've gone with Booker. Probably the separating, separating factor for me between him and Mitchell is the fact that Mitchell's numbers are just slightly down this year. Um, he's really struggled from behind the arc, which has hurt his scoring average overall. He's down a couple of points on his scoring. Um, he's shooting less than 30%, I think, from, from three. He would be he would be the next man up for me for sure um, in a, in an extended roster. Perfect. Thanks, gents. I don't think we're going to find a more in depth uh, analysis of the ballot. Uh, Colin Coward won't uh, won't go into as much depth as the boys did. So really appreciate you guys coming through that. That was outstanding. Uh, moving on, we'll, we'll we'll touch on it really quickly. Sports people that are electing not to to take the vaccine are a big talking point at the moment. Um, we've got a couple of names down, but. No doubt the biggest talking point for, for this topic is is Kyrie Irving. Um, firstly, what, what have you sort of taken out of um, the decision, obviously not to? Uh, just a, a little bit of a disclaimer, we, we respect everyone's decisions in, in what they do, just uh, just mentioning our, our opinions, but also the influence of, of each of these uh, sports people's absence um, in their own right. So I'll throw it over to you, Jens. Um, I think we touched on it a little bit, maybe it was episode one we talked about this. Um, like with the Kyrie thing, like as Wedo said, like he's just a guy who's who's made a decision. Um, you know, like that's just what it is at the end of the day. Like, and it sucks that he can't play as much as I. He's not one of my favourite players, um, purely because people try and compare him to Damian Lillard. I think the two aren't even close. Um, but it sucks he's not playing. You know, like he's a really fun guy to watch, and I think the Nets are missing him a little bit. Um, you know, at the end of the day, that's his that's his call. Um, so you got anything to anything to add to that, Mitch? Or Oh, well, I would like to add that, that um, Kyrie was hopeful that the new mayor in New York was going to oh, yeah. change the mandate over at the new year, but he's come out and confirmed that he won't be doing that. So um, it looks as though this year the only way Kyrie will be back on an NBA court will be um, if he gets the vaccine, which not looking likely. Um, yeah, he, he can do him. Uh, yeah, he just frustrates me, like him and all his flat earth stuff. And I know that we said we're not talking about, like we, we don't want to offend anyone here, but like he he seems like the kind of guy who does it just to try and prove a point, just to be different. I think that's right? what he said. He was trying to, he said he didn't have a problem with the vaccine. He was just trying to, um, you know, stand up for what he believed in and, and essentially prove a point. So that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do, I guess. Like that's that. Like, yeah. Well, someone needs to tell him that the Muggsy's mole rats really need his, really need, <laughs> really need his output this season. Um, no, but yeah, he. Uh, it's it's a shame though, because he, in terms of, like, is there anyone better to watch in the NBA when Kyrie Irving's got to go on? He's excited, like, no doubt. Oh, he's electric. But it's yeah, that's the only, like, that's the worst part. All the fans are missing out. Like, and obviously the Nets are probably. Pretty shitty, um, because they'd be a hell of a lot better when he's there. But um, I mean, it's not just—it's not just him. Like we're not—it's not just Kyrie. Like obviously, like yeah, him, but he's the big got, story. He's the big story for sure. Yeah, but we've got like you know, obviously there was a bit of news about Aaron Rodgers um, and his. Well, he's of, just a clown. What did his he, whole season? He lied about having the vaccine. Was that right? No, no, no. So his whole season, he's been trying to get his way out of. Green Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's just like going to all these weird lengths and he's he's really like cryptic in all of his stuff. So he never said, I've got the vaccine, but he's made um, comments that have suggested that. So he hasn't blatantly lied. It's more that he's like manipulated the narrative towards the fact that he was vaccinated and in turn he's not. But now guys like... Um, it's it's like the it's similar to the um, the Isaiah Stewart and Jokic suspensions we we're talking the other week. Like Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards just got suspended today for three games without pay, um, because who gives a fuck about Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards? Like Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers has done the exact same thing, but he's one of the superstars in the NFL. So he he's actually missing games because he's just been diagnosed with COVID. Right. Oh, diagnosed. He's tested positive to COVID. So he's only missing, he's not missing games because of the fact he's 
not got the vaccine and lied, whereas, well, Antonio Brown blatantly lied. I think that might be the difference. But um, there's a stat here. So between August 1 and October 30, and I, th- I believe this is amongst players, executives, like it's a, it just in the NFL community, 279 positive cases in the NFL. Shit. They, yeah. And they haven't stopped. Like they've just kept... They've just kept plowing through it, which – and I th- their vaccination rates are at 94.4%, I think I saw. So obviously highly vaccinated, and that's probably why they're, um, why they're getting through. But it's, it's, not, uh, it's not very safe for the guys who are refusing to get it if there's that many cases going through the joint. Yeah. What do you make but, of it? Obviously there's been like a bit of like AFL, um, obviously Liam Jones like retiring because um, he – you know, didn't want to get vaccinated. Um, so, yeah, like, what do you make of it? It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, we obviously we touched on Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers and, and Mitch Mitch mentioned it a little bit. Um, I think it's just more disappointing for, for the fans that, that come and watch or, or support their team and they just simply can't watch their favourite players play the game that they love they, they love playing. Um, that's probably the, the biggest takeaway that I've taken from this is um, and one of the girls in the AFLW, Denny, Denny Varnhagen, um, he, she was the first one to sort of step up and, and say that I'm um, not going to get the vaccine. And unfortunately, with, with the mandate that's in place, um, if you're not getting the vaccine, you, you can't play footy. Um, and it's it's a dis- it's disappointing, but obviously the, the health and safety is, is first and foremost, um, or I believe it should be first and foremost. But um, again, respect their decisions. But like I said, I mean, um, it's just disappointing that we don't get to watch those people play play the game that they love well speaking of uh people that we won't get to see play love him or hate him one of the best players of all time novak Djokovic. and hate i would him. i would guess that i was going to say i would guess the three of us land on the hate him side Absolute of the fence just because, yeah <laughs> um he he's refusing to disclose whether he has the vaccine or not which obviously means he's not getting it and he's happily just going to skip over the Oz Open because of the mandate. So, you know, in terms of, like, I was actually having a chat with my old man last night. Djokovic is probably going to end up, it's going to be really hard not to argue that he's the best tennis player of all time. But I will just never, I'll just always refuse to believe it. Like, just because of how much I dislike him. Like, I, like it's Federer for me. I've always been a massive Rafa fan because I'm a left-hander. But... Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's Roger in my eyes, like classy. Well, he's a bit of a twit when he was young, but he, you know, just class personified as Roger Federer and Novak, he just, well, he, he, he doesn't give a shit obviously. And, and the other thing in, in, in tennis at the moment, it's Novak and who else? Like, obviously, obviously they're good players, but Gone are the days where it was Rafa, Roger, Djokovic, and then poor old Andy Murray would always get beaten in the semi. Well, obviously, like obviously, Federer has been struggling with like knee problems and stuff like that. And same as Rafa, he's he's getting a bit of it. Djokovic is thirty four now, and he's already it's him, Federer, and Nadal at the top of most like they've each won twenty Grand Slams. Like, so he will he will inevitably win have the most Grand Slam wins of any tennis player ever. Um, I should make it clear I don't I don't hate the bloke because. Um, you know, he's been cryptic about his vaccine, as we've mentioned repeatedly. Like, that's that's your decision if you want to get that. And if you don't want to get it, that's that's up to you. That's fine. You know, that's each to their own. I just hate the bloke because he carries on like an absolute clown most of the time. And I'm in the same road as Mitch. Always been, you know, a Federer guy. Seems like a really nice fella. We'd, we'd like to have a lunch with him. Like, he'd be one of those guys you'd like to sit down and have lunch with. So, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, yeah. Today. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's too much too much more to add with that. Uh, quick shout out to former punting group uh, fantasy basketball player uh, Triple Doug. Thanks for that question rolling through on the on the Instagram page. Always always appreciate any messages. Um, if you want to have a conversation or topic discussed, please swipe up on any story when we do so. Yeah, so we'll, we'll jump into some racing chat with, obviously, our premier tipster here. Um, like we did last week, though, I'll, I'd like to quickly give a shout-out. Uh, Primo obviously backed Steinem, but I'd, I'm going to let you talk about that, Sam, because you backed him as well. 
Um, but Witty hit again on the weekend. This week was a bit of value. Um, Rose Hill Race 4, Polly Gray got up, saluting at 5.50. So um, good on you, Witty. You might be a, f- uh, a shit uh, fantasy basketball player, but you, your tips sure, sure seem to be in some good form at the moment. So keep going with those. And if you like winning money, um, I would go follow punting.fantasy on Instagram because that's where all of these tips get posted. Um, so, yep, I'll hand over to you, Wedo. Um, a bit of a mixed bag on the weekend, mate. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I'll touch on uh, – first, I'll start with my, my value bet, which uh, coincidentally was in the same race as Witty's winner. So uh, we went head-to-head and, and had a had a six-pack on the line, so it was disappointing to have to hand that over. But in, Ro- in uh, Rose Hill Race 4, number three, I had Soldier of Love as my value, and it was paying 17s. Um, came absolutely flying in. I think it jumped at about sevens. So certainly, market certainly gave me a lot of hope to to hopefully pull one off, but um, wasn't uh, wasn't very wasn't very strong in the run. Obviously, was up in distance for for that race um, and clearly didn't cope. Uh, trainer said post race that uh, that he didn't pull up too well. So uh, finished finished a fair few lengths last, but um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see we'll see him have a little bit of a spell and, and come back better than ever because uh, he loves it wet and uh, out of the two out of the two mudlarks that were racing on the weekend can as I said coincidentally they were in the same race and and good on you witty uh, well done on, on backing that winner other one my one of my really growing fast favorites is in Brereton uh, was a little bit disappointing as well uh, back to back to previously um, and had a really strong win on Cup day uh, it was racing in the first day in the first race at Caulfield. It jumped at about 3.50 in the end. Um, got the sit, worked relatively relatively hard early, but um, unfortunately just couldn't get the job done uh, as as he did previously. Um, I've got a feeling that he just wants to find the rail um, in the running, and I think down the Flemington straight really suited him on Cup Day. Um, so I dare say this guy, after the first two races, who, which were absolutely uh, gut-wrenching, I've got a feeling that this guy will uh, have a little bit of a spell um, and come back hopefully better than ever. Woods bet saved me on Brereton on the weekend, sitting at cricket, waiting for the rain to feel to dry up and um, give his money back uh, second, third, fourth. And so I, I had 25 bucks in the account, went all in on Brereton, thought, here we go, it's a fucking sure thing. So, uh, <laughs> I'll give myself a bit of a kitty to play with today. Luckily, uh, sports bet had the... Uh, the fourth included in the in the money back deal on the weekend. Yeah, I do definitely recommend uh, betting with sports bet, especially on your Saturdays. The the specials they offer are unreal. Moving on, the uh, the winner for the weekend, uh, race five at Caulfield, number nine at Steinem. Um, this was as much as I love Barrett, and this one was probably my best for the day. Um, as I touched on last podcast, the form around Colette was uh, looked really good for this. Um, not not down in class it was it was a relatively relatively strong race still, but um, quantum mechanic gave it a gave it a red hot red hot crack in the running and um, unfortunately st- oh, not unfortunately luckily Steinem was just a little bit too strong um, gave a little bit of a kick with 150 to go and 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 took it out so that was good to to hit it that uh, rolled out to 350 before the jump which was uh, which was outstanding so hopefully you got on um but uh that was the that was the winner for the weekend shout out to primo who also backed it um, it's always good when you've got two blokes back in the same horse normally gives you a little bit of confidence so um well done well done primo and hopefully you guys got on right so moving on to this week Weno. um i believe the big race of the weekend is the packnam cup um so i'm gonna <laughs> this might be I'll tell you what, we, we should buy a share in this horse. Um, uh, so, Wedo, your first tip, Packenham Race 4, number three, familiar name, unflinching at three fifty. Very, very familiar name. Um, I've got a lot of favourites rolling around at the moment, which I, I love. Um, it was my it was my special tip uh, two weeks ago Friday. So that was that was uh, that was saluting at three fifty for for the punters that decided to swipe up on our Instagram story. Um, I'm going to back it again. I loved what it showed at its first race. It showed exactly the same fight and muster in the second. Um, every chance of, of making it a hat trick. Um, last start, one 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 with a leg in the air, um, and <laughs> was, was in a race in a race with fake love. 
um, who wasn't too far off the second favourite here in, in Marine 1 um, a few starts ago at the Valley. So I think just the way that the way that Unflinching put Fake Love away in the in the Mooney Valley race uh, two weeks ago um, certainly makes her or makes him very desirable for this one at Pakenham this Saturday. Yep. So your second tip, Wedo, is so this week we've ditched the value bet and we've just gone three best of the days. Yeah. Yeah. I was yep, I struggled, so. struggled to find a little bit of value. There's. I mean, it's good to it's good to have bests at three fifty five and the later one will be at three eighty. But uh, Rose Hill race four, number four. I am power. Former. Former Hong Kong runner um, who certainly certainly turned a few heads in, in the first couple of preps uh, in Australia. Um, unlucky not to probably break through for, for a win here, but um, the former round Space Boy is the one that I like for this. Um, Space Boy last Saturday in the wet was uh, was heavily backed. Unfortunately, didn't get the job done, but um, the way that the market appreciated him last week, I've, I'm very, I've got a little bit of confidence in uh, Iron Power that he's going to get the job done today or tomorrow i should say um so keep an eye out for him in race four at rose hill yep and your last best of the day widow is doom in race seven another one of your favorites number two the herovian yeah send at 380 at the moment um absolutely loves it wet and as we touched on a couple of weeks ago i mean it's just been constant rain up here in brisbane so i can't imagine that that's going to change too much before tomorrow um North Queensland, North Queensland runner. I've I've got plenty of time for this guy. I love him. Um, he's just an absolute beast. Very very strong runner. So the heavy track's not gonna not gonna worry him at all. Um, is is incredibly tough. I think Nick Inova is probably the main danger. Um, who also loves it in the wet. But I think the Herobian just has a little bit of class over the top of Nick Inova and uh, hopefully will be too good for them on Saturday. Those are my best three to to keep an eye out on Saturday. Good luck if you follow. Um, I certainly will be having a little bit of a play with with these guys. So, best of luck. Yeah, and we're going to run with a uh, a new little segment that we're going to do every week. Here is uh, Brandy's Dollar Collector, which is obviously the name based around Brandy's fantasy team, the Dollar Store. Brandy, talk to me, brother. Doombin Race Five, Number yeah. Three, Minto's Paradise. Yeah. So obviously looking for a bit of value here. It's tough to collect dollars unless you. You've done something that uh, that's got a bit of value. So, as what I mentioned, um, it's been super wet here in Brisbane for the last like two weeks. Um, I think the track at Doomben is a heavy nine at this stage um, for tomorrow. So I've pretty much just gone through and looked for the horses that swim the best. Um, and so <laughs> this one, yeah, Minto's Paradise um, hasn't had a whole lot of run, um, but coming off a couple of um, couple of races at the Gold Coast. Um, and yeah, plenty of potential. So paying twelve bucks for a win, three sixty for a place. Um, in race five at Doomin tomorrow. Um, got yeah, good wet form. Um, and so hopefully, hopefully has a bit of ticket tomorrow. <laughs> I do really like that bet, Tom. And I think we'd we'd be stupid not to mention the return of Jamie Carr. Um, she's got a couple of races today at Mornington and then into Mooney Valley tonight, but. Mitch, as you said, the the Pakenham Cup being the feature tomorrow. She's she's riding the favourite in Smoking Romans, um, and I'm I'm not going to tip it, but I certainly will be having a little bit of money on Smoking Romans in the Pakenham Cup. I think it's race seven, um, so make sure you keep an eye out for for the return of Car. Um, she's she's been dearly missed. Everyone's bank accounts have been hurting over the last couple of months for the fact that she's not been riding. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how she comes back, um, obviously, with a, a little bit of time out of the game. Do you reckon Damien Lane and stuff would just be, like on Saturday, I don't know if he's gone over to back of them, but um, do you reckon they'd just be riding and just, as they're riding, Jamie Carr down the outside, just, fuck! Just, she's back! Fuck! Because <laughs> what, what was she winning? She... It was she was winning at an unreal percentage for Melbourne Metro level high. Too many races. Hundred wasn't she in the in one um one season? Yeah, hundred hundred wins in a season. Wins. Yeah, yeah. Row, which is unreal, yeah. unreal. Hasn't been done in it. Hasn't been done in a little bit. But and she got off to an absolute flyer um, in the new season. But um, unfortunately, obviously she she spent a bit of time away. But 
I think you're right, Mitch. As soon as they see Car back in the saddle, um, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they get a little bit nervous. Nervous the the boys and girls next to her. Um, she's just the way that she distributes her weight is unreal for the horse, and she must she must be whispering whispering something in their ear because she just gets them gets them over the line. Um, and it's it's exciting to watch when she's up and about. So um, yeah, really looking forward to that both today and tomorrow. Well, that concludes the racing portion, which concludes the podcast. Thanks again, all listeners. Really appreciate your support. Um, anytime that you have any questions, we'll, we'll throw up a few Instagram stories through the week. Feel free to swipe up on punting.fantasy on Instagram. Mention any any comments or topics that you'd like to be discussed, and, and we'll bring it up in the next podcast. But that is all for now. Thank you very much for joining us.